Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, for this beautiful Sabbath day. We thank Thee that we can gather, though not as many as normal. We're not gathering alone, Lord. We have loved ones in Coconut Creek. We have others, Lord, that stream into their homes that aren't able to be with us. We have those, Lord, that we know will stream this sermon later on in the week as we can see the numbers. But more importantly, Lord, we thank Thee that we can come into Thy presence, that Thou art with us, that Thy Spirit works among us, that Thy Spirit can live within us. Lord, we pray for those that can't be with us. We're mindful of Sister Hilda, who's at home. We're mindful of Aunt Laney and Aunt Maria. We're mindful of the Marcies that can't come. Lord, there are those that would love to be with us, and we realize that. And we pray, Lord, and the Mueller's as well. And we pray, Lord, that they may be blessed as we are blessed in being here. And Lord, if there are those on this day that have chosen to stay away, we pray that as only a father can with cords of love that thou mightest draw them. And give each one, Lord, that may have concerns in their hearts for those that may not be here. Help them to realize, Lord, that prayer is powerful. and That thy spirit wants even more for others than even we can even comprehend. So we know that our prayers will be heard and our prayers will be answered. And now, Lord, bless us out of thy word. Teach us things, Lord, that we have need of. And we will thank thee and praise thee in advance. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Dear ones, as a, as a main text, would you turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke's first, first chapter of the book of Luke. Let me just give you a little bit of a, of a background. It seemed that for the last couple weeks, I have been preoccupied with the thoughts of Mary. And, and let me tell you where, where it, it kind of hit me. A colleague of mine who was given an award after many, many years of service with an organization was, was a lot, his mother was not able to be there. She is failing in health. She is on hospice. And so he worked it out so that there would be this stream available so she could see him getting this award. And he said to me, he said, you know, David, I was given this award last evening. And he said, and my mother wasn't able to be there, but they had set up a way for her to be able to see the event. And I, in the middle of, of, of thanking them for it, he said, I looked at the camera and I thanked my mom. He said, Mom, I would never be here if it weren't for you. And in that moment... And he, as he talked about the power of a mother, the power of what a mother's role has in someone, in a, in a child's life, a young man's life, the Lord just placed on my heart, and I shared with, with Derek this. I said, you know, Mary must have had a lot to do with Jesus' upbringing too. And must have had a lot of influence on the man that Jesus became. Yes, he's the son of God, but he's also the son of Mary. Yes, he was perfect, but he was also human. He fell down. He got, he got you know, injuries on his knees. He was sad. He was lonely. And his mother was there to comfort him and to encourage him. 
So I've been pondering this, this thought of Mary. And, so, and, and then I was also reading in, in, in a devotional um, of, of another slight twist on this. And, and I've been thinking about it and pondering it. So with the Lord's help, I'm going to read some verses from Luke chapter 1. And I, I'm going to start with just the first four. For as much as, is, as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also to have had perfect, to have, let me read that again. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all the things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So we might wonder how in the world could Luke say such a bold statement it seemed good to me also having a perfect understanding. He wasn't there. Luke wasn't there. Nobody was there. But Mary and Joseph and some shepherds. I want to read verse 3 in the Amplified. It seemed good and desirable to me, and so have I determined, also having searched out diligently and followed all things closely and traced accurately the course from the highest to the minutest detail from every first to write an orderly account unto you, most noble Theophilus. Luke was a physician. There were those. So if you think about it, Jesus' ministry was condensed to three years. Three years is what people were really focusing upon. Now, None of them were around when Jesus was born. But I ask any of you that may have, that have been blessed with children, especially the mothers, how vividly do you remember their birth? Fathers, if you were there, how vividly do you remember the birth? How vividly do you remember highlights of those first few years? If you were to sit down with me and say, David, tell me, what, tell me what happened. Now, maybe I may actually remember different details than my wife did because I was right there through that entire experience. I can share with you many details. I can get into the most minutest of details because it was impactful. So I have no, and so what Luke is saying is, listen, Theophilus, I want to be able to tell you exactly what happened. And being a physician, I focus on details. And I have gone back and I have talked to everyone that was there that I could track down. From the beginning, because he could talk to Mary. Mary was around. Maybe Joseph wasn't, but at least Mary was. And I've said in order to write to you a complete report of what did happen. So we, with great confidence, can know that what we're reading is, in fact, what happened. And yes, obviously, the Holy Spirit working with Luke was able to help him understand and lead people to him so that we would have this. So now what I'd like to do, let's jump to verse 26. And we've read this all before. 
But beginning with verse 26, and, and I, I may pause here and there, may not, I'm not sure, the Lord will know and he'll, he'll stop me if I should. Beginning with verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said unto her, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. I'm going to pause here for a moment. When we quickly can read through that, we may not get an understanding of what does that actually mean. And, 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 and if you read it, Mary is confused at the type of greeting this angel is giving her because it's not typical. It's not typical of people that would be there. So clearly she's recognizing that this visitor, this, she may not even know who Gabriel, she may not even know that Gabriel is an angel yet. He's, someone is appearing to her, right? She's trying to understand it. And she says, hey, she's wondering, what kind of salutation is this? This, this is odd. Something's not right here. And then in verse 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of the kingdom, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Now imagine you're Mary and you hear this. She's 15, 16 years old, perhaps. She now has this visitor, don't know what he looked like. Clearly, he would have been more in a human form than a heavenly form because we know in other accounts, when people saw heavenly beings, they collapsed. But we also know that when the, when the angel appeared to Zechariah, he didn't collapse either. He listened. And so clearly, this was some, some form, a, a normal human type of form, but she's, she's been blown away by what she's been told. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born in thee, shall be uh, born of thee, excuse me, shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth also hath conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Think about this woman. She's basically told, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to bear a child and that child is going to be the son of God. His kingdom will reign forever. 
Now, perhaps, and I've, and I've read some, some devotionals that you have during the Advent season where people would say that every good young Jewish girl would have been thinking about this and would have been dreaming, could they have been the one that was going to bring forth the Messiah? But this is young Mary. And when she gets this, when she, when she, when she gets this message, she doesn't laugh, as some have, when they were given bold predictions and prophecies. She simply says to the angel, can you tell me how this is going to happen since I have never been with a man? And he says, the angel says, the spirit of the living God will come upon you and the child that you will bring forth will be the offspring of God. He will be the son of God. And her reply and I've, I, this has blown me away for years. And, and she simply says, um, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Here I am. Use me to your end. Wow. And then, she, so, and the evidence, oh, the evidence, the other bit of evidence. Oh, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, who's old, well past childbearing years, she's been a barren woman for years already. She's in her sixth month. So what is Mary? So think about, now, now Mary is also faced with the fact that she will be a marked woman. She is a woman who is not married who will be pregnant. And she has to deal with that. Imagine also wondering, what is Joseph going to think? You know, I'm finally engaged to this man, Joseph. What's he going to do? He has every right to have me stoned. Now, we, we won't get into what Ma- Matthew took. The, Matthew took care of that part for us, which I'm glad for. We're not, going to, we're not going to Joseph. Maybe some other year at Christmas time, we'll talk about Joseph. But now what I'd like to have us do is let's jump to, uh, let's pick up again with verse 39. And Mary arose in those days and went unto the hill country with haste unto the city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Now, this, right now, it sounds like a normal family member going to see a family member goes into the house and here's the familial greeting, whatever that might have been that would have been typical for them. And look what happens now. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out of a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Mary hadn't told Elizabeth yet what the angel had said. But when Mary simply greets Elizabeth, whatever that normal traditional greeting would have been for people in that region at that time, the Spirit comes upon Elizabeth, the baby, John the Baptist, 
leaps in his mother's womb, and Elizabeth prophesies about what's happening. Why is it that the mother of my Lord, my Savior, my Messiah would come to me? How do I rate? Imagine, dear ones, what, what must have been going on in these two mothers, expectant mothers. One very, very, very old and one very, very young. But a, but a confirmation, a confirmation of what the Spirit's doing, what God is doing and how he's working. And I, and I wonder, in fact, I, I want to I find something to share with you. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. If I can't, there was a note that I made for myself that I may or may not be able to find. Uh, you know what, I'm not even going to look for it because I don't want to take the time to look for it. But, dear ones, let's not have our minds shortchange what God is doing. That's the gist of what I wrote down. We, we actually end up worshiping our logic and dismissing what God can do. Just because we can't figure it out doesn't mean it's not happening. Who are we to think that, you know, Jesus, God himself said, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. But we, if we can't logically figure it out, we think it must not be possible. I remember one time uh, reading this, this, this statement that was something along the lines of, you know, if God would really tell us what he's doing in our life, we wouldn't believe it anyways. As we kind of wonder, what's going on? Why has this happened politically? Why is this happening with a pandemic? Why are, all the, why are all these things happening? And God has a plan. And if he told us, we probably wouldn't believe it. So that's why he gives it to us one day at a time. And for Mary, he didn't give her all of it up front. He gave her a lot. And then he led her to Elizabeth. And Elizabeth could then build some more. And then let's see what, what Mary said. And, and I love this. Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. I'm here to enlarge his cause. I'm here to live out his calling for my life. And then she said, And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Now, somebody might say, well, that's a pretty arrogant thing for a teenager to say. This isn't Mary saying it. This, yeah, it's Mary uttering the words. This is Mary prophesying what the Lord has laid on her heart. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent away empty." He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to the seed forever. And Mary abode three months and then returned to her own house. A young teenage mother-to-be prophesies. 
this amazing prophecy of what Jesus' role would be and that the proud wouldn't accept it and that those that were arrogant and those that were high-minded wouldn't, wouldn't be able to comprehend it. They wouldn't accept it. They wouldn't understand it. But the simple, the hungry would be filled. The simple would understand the hungry would be filled. Now I want to take a slight turn. And what, what, I love, what I love about, and I thought about this this morning, isn't it wonderful, dear ones, that, we're, that, we have to, that we have today, and now we have almost a full week when we can really focus our attention on Christmas. Not, not the meals, not the food, not the gifts. The gift. The gift. We have six days to really quiet our minds, quiet our thoughts, quiet our hearts, and immerse ourselves in the miracle that is Christmas. The title, subtitle, of, a, of an article that I wrote, short, sto- or short article I read, a short story that I read, was, I wish you a Merry Christmas. And the author spelled Mary, M-A-R-Y. said, I wish you a merry Christmas. And we might quickly think that, wait, whoa, 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 time out. We're talking about worshiping Mary? Because he noted the fact that years ago, he would have never been able in Protestant circles to say that because it would have conjured up all kinds of concerns. But I want you to think about something. What happened to Mary? An angel came said, Mary, I'm going to plant God. The Holy Spirit is going to plant a seed in you. And that seed is going to bring forth a life. And that life's name is going to be Jesus. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, Master, We know that you're a teacher sent from God, for no man can do the works that you do and set God be with with him. And I I put it out here. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't remember if I did or I did. So yes, I did put it in my notes. And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you have to be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand it. He said, how can that be? Can I enter again into my mother's womb? And what Jesus was saying, and Nicodemus could only fully understand after Jesus had died and had risen from the grave, was that there was going to be a new birth. There was going to be a new creation that the birth that would take place in the heart of Nicodemus would be the heart and the mind of Christ. First Colossians 1, verse 27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. As we think about this Christmas, 
Will Christ be born anew in you? And I say that profoundly to my friends outside of Christ. Will you have a Christmas like Mary had? Because the seed, the word of God, has been planted in your hearts. It is lying dormant. The seed of God was planted in Mary. It brought forth fruit. Joining with Mary brought forth the Son of God. Will you allow the seed of the Word of God to be joined with the power of the Holy Spirit to bring forth Christ in you? When I thought on that concept, it Dear ones, it blew me away. We really can't have a Mary, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. If we truly understand what Christmas was, and if we truly understand what Easter is, not what it was, what it is, because Easter ensured that Christ is still alive and on the throne. Christmas was... Good Friday was, Easter is, and will forever be as long as the earth shall remain until everything is fulfilled and we need none of this any longer, right? But will you allow Christ to really be born? My brother and my sister, will we allow Christ to truly live and thrive within us? John wrote in 1 John, is it the third chapter? Maybe verse 17, I'm not certain of that, where he said, as he is, so are ye in the world. We are to be Christ to the world. And the only way that happens is if Christ is in us. Paul referred to it as us having the mind of Christ. John was taking just a slightly different twist on that, but still the same thing. There's something else that I found really, really interesting. And there's a a reference in here. um, if, If we look at this in verse 28 in Luke. And the angel came in unto Mary and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is is with thee, blessed art thou among women. The word that is translated to favored is only used twice in the scriptures. Only twice. And the next time it's used is in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. To the praise and of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Isn't that interesting, dear ones? The same word translated in two different places in Scripture. One is when Mary is said that you're highly favored. And in Ephesians, it says we have been made accepted. Wow. Just another confirmation that God intends for us to truly live out a merry type of Christmas as we take our pilgrim journey through this earth. And the question then that we have to ask ourselves is this, how will we respond? 
my friend outside of Christ, how will you respond? Will you say, behold, the handmaid or the servant of the Lord? Will your life truly magnify the Lord as Mary's did? That's totally up to us. And if in fact, if in fact we all truly want to have a Mary, M-A-R-Y, Christmas, then I think we need to change the words of a Christmas carol. And as I thought about on this this morning, and, and I'm not the poet that my father is, and you'll tell. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let my heart receive its king. Let me prepare him room, and heaven and nature will sing, and heaven and nature will sing. Joy to the earth, my Savior reigns. Let me his songs employ, while fields and flocks and rocks and hills and plains repeat their sounding joy. While fields and flocks, rocks and hills and plains repeat their sounding joy. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest my heart. He comes to make his blessings flow far as my faith abounds. Far as my faith abounds. He rules my world with truth and grace. And through my life, he proves the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. And the wonders of his love. May the Lord add his blessing to these words.